Hi everyone, welcome along to the Fantasyland FPL podcast with myself, Stephen Gilroy. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasyland FPL and you can also find me on Instagram under the exact same handle. Welcome along to Game Week 12 preview. So the international break is just about over. There's only a few fixtures left and we're about to enter one of the busiest periods of the FPL season. No doubt about it with probably a couple of double game weeks and maybe one or two blank game weeks to contend with. We've an awful lot to plan for over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, So we're going to dive straight into what happened in game week 11 and uh, just see what the state of play is as we enter game week 12 which of course is a Saturday deadline this week uh, 12 thir- oh no sorry not 12 30 uh, 11 uh, a.m uh, I almost forgot uh, it's been that long because this international break just feels like it's never ending so uh, 11 a.m on Saturday morning is the deadline for this week Let's have a look at some of the Game Week 11 headlines and what happened. So starting off on Friday night between Aston Villa and Southampton. So Adam Armstrong was the goal scorer in that 1-0 win uh, with popular 5.4 or 4.5 million rather defender Livermento keeping a clean sheet and continuing his good form. He's an absolute gem in FPL at the moment. Uh, a lot of teams have him and his ownership just keeps growing every single week. Alex McCarthy also scored uh, a very decent nine points after making several saves uh, in that one. So I think Alex McCarthy last year was a really popular goalkeeper pick and you never know in the future anyone that has him on a wild card or maybe has their wild card in their back pocket will be considering maybe changing their goalkeeper. He would definitely be someone to think about uh, in the near future. Moving on to Saturday then, Manchester City strolled to a 2-0 win at Old Trafford with Bernardo Silva and an own goal from Eric Bailly sealing all three points in the derby. Uh, Joao Cancelo scored a massive 14 points and he bagged two assists and won all three bonus points in that one. So a monster haul for the Portuguese. You know, I've been saying it for weeks that, you know, maybe people would have thought about getting rid of him and maybe moving him on um, not that many people obviously but a game like that he just shows his true worth and even in the Champions League during the week I think I spoke about it on the pod the last time his capability to provide attack and returns from assists uh, are absolutely excellent so he'll uh, he'll be staying in a lot of FPL squads for the next couple of weeks and months I would imagine um, so then moving on to the three o'clock kickoffs Norwich got themselves off the mark for the season with the win over Brentford, which was, look, I guess maybe it was a surprise because Norwich really got themselves up for that one. Uh, they were 2-0 up. Uh, Pukki scored a penalty in that one. He got all the bonus points, all three bonus points, and uh, the game did finish 2-1, but uh, a very good win for Norwich, and it'll give them the catalyst to go on and maybe start picking up a couple of more points. As a Leeds fan... As a Leeds fan, I don't think I really want them to be picking up too many more points. But look, I suppose when you're down there, all all the points matter for the teams that are involved in the relegation scrap. So good win for Norwich. Chelsea then looked on course to win against Burnley as Rhys James assisted Havertz for the opening goal of the game. Chelsea were unlucky not to double their lead in that game because James had a fantastic game and he provided loads of crosses into the box uh, that definitely should have been put away by the likes of Havertz once again and the likes of Thiago Silva. So, 
yeah, as the game went on and it stays 1-0, obviously there's always a chance that Burnley might hit back and of course the inevitable happened. They managed to grab themselves an equaliser through uh, Vidra later on for the points to be shared. So it was pretty frustrating that the Chelsea defence clean sheets were wiped out very late on in that one. But like I suppose Reese James on another day if if he gets you know two or three or more of them assists he collects all the bonus points and he's probably going to hit another 21 20 point haul uh so at the moment he is absolutely flying so we'll speak about him later in the pod then we had Crystal Palace against Wolves uh surprise package Crystal Palace they had an excellent win over Wolves Connor Gallagher and Zaha were the goal scorers in that one and what a season Gallagher is having as he picked up all the bonus points in that one also Palace at the moment are really surprising me you know I well, I was looking at my transfer list last night and I'm looking at more Palace players than ever I'm looking at Zaha I'm looking at Gallagher I'm looking at the likes of Edward uh, Benteke all these players now look a little bit more appealing to me because Patrick Vieira has really done a fantastic job with Palace and hopefully it may continue because it just gives us more options and I'm really toying with the idea at the moment as I'll speak about in my transfer plans of getting Zaha for my team and having him for a couple of weeks because his fixtures look really really good but more on that later. Uh, Brighton and Newcastle played out a one-all draw much to the frustration of Sanchez owners uh, of course myself included as his sending off was something that we really didn't need so it was funny I had I I wasn't really following the uh, Brighton Newcastle game I said I was out and about and I said I'd check it maybe seven or eight eight o'clock that evening and uh, yeah when I went on and seen that he got a minus two and got sent off you know absolute disaster but uh, yeah, I suppose when I talk about what's on the bench later on, uh, it's going to be an e- even more of a of a disaster. But um, yeah, just just very frustrating. One all draw. You know, we couldn't keep a clean sheet for Sanchez, and he couldn't even stay on the pitch for the ninety minutes. So uh, we'll have to uh, address that issue. I know a lot of people have Sanchez, and his ownership is pretty high. But um, yeah, definitely frustrating. On Sunday, then Arsenal beat Watford one nil as Emil Smith Rowe scored the winner. So in that game. Aubameyang had a penalty saved at one stage and Ben Foster, who was on my bench, had actually accumulated a massive points tally. I think it was something like 15 or 16 points. Now, he finished the game with 11 points because, you know, he had, you know, he saved a penalty. He made numerous saves. That's still an absolutely massive haul for Ben Foster. And I think he was the most benched player in FPL over the weekend. So, yeah, look, I suppose we're not to know that he's going to absolutely uh, pull out one of his performances of the of the season, but uh, he'll definitely be in my mind for the game against United because uh, I do need a replacement for Robert Sanchez. Aubameyang finished on minus two, which I'd say was really frustrating for anybody that might have brought him in. Obviously, he's a, he's a good bit of money. He's he's uh, he's going to cost a lot to get him in your squad. And then to, to miss a penalty and uh, to finish with a minus two is very, very frustrating. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe uh, owners would be very happy. He seems to be rising all the time. He's a bit like Livermento, as we mentioned earlier on. You know, he's kind of a player that is... You know, around the 5.5, million price range. And uh, he just represents excellent value because he's starting every game and he's getting good attack and returns. So he's definitely someone to consider. Then moving on to the Sunday games. 
Of course, we had Antonio Conte's start to life at Spurs was probably not what he expected as they played out a nil-all draw with Everton. I actually brought in Sergio Regulon for that game and he got himself a five-pointer. He got himself booked, of course, in that one. He came off my bench. Uh, so, yeah, nice to get a clean sheet for Regulon. Obviously, I thought maybe there would have been more attacking returns. I thought uh, after the... the Conference League game on Thursday, which finished 3 2, and it was a real roller coaster of emotions for Spurs fans, I would imagine. I would have thought that maybe there would be more goals in it, and that Regulon might have got himself on, a, on an assist or some sort of attack and return, but it wasn't to be. Moving on then to Leeds and Leicester. So I sat and watched this, and I suppose a lot of people would agree with me and say that it was a really, really good game on Sunday. So compared to what we uh, what we went through the week previous against Norwich, where the quality was low and the uh, you know the mistake count was high, this game was a little bit of the same, but it was just so open. It really was an open contest, and it was fantastic to watch. And when Rafinha got that opener. I said to myself, you know, wow, we're going to, we, we look really good. We look like the Leeds of old, you know, our attacking, we look more slick. Our passing looks a little bit more intricate and looks a, bit, a little bit more um, assured. Now, obviously, there's still an awful lot to work on. I think the likes of Jack Harrison and Dan James, I put up a tweet on Sunday. I just feel like whatever about Dan James, but Jack Harrison in particular is going through a real dip in confidence and form. So, that's something that'll have to be looked at the next couple of weeks. But obviously, with the way the Leeds squad is, it's not easy to rectify these things straight away. But again, game finish one all. Harvey Barnes scored an absolute screamer, really good goal. And there was chances for both to win it. Leeds were really good at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half. And it was just uh, unfortunate that we couldn't pick up all three points. But uh, definitely feeling a lot better uh, about the fixtures coming up, especially as we play Spurs this weekend in the Premier League. Finally then, in one of the games of the weekend, West Ham beat Liverpool 3-2 in a fantastic contest. It was frantic, it was exciting, it was everything. And it was a, it, the game was played at a real good pace. That's what I would say. I would say that West Ham really... You know, they settled down, they got themselves into a good little groove. Uh, they hit Liverpool then when they could. Liverpool obviously then came back. And then, of course, they went 3-1 up through goals from Kurt Zuma, uh, Fornals and Jared Bone. Jared Bone and Fornals now look like a really good double-up. I think someone said that uh, I think the real West Ham double-up is not Antonio and Ben Rama. It's uh, Bowen and Fornals. So... They done really well. Bowen has actually been doing the business for a couple of weeks now, and he will be in a lot of people's thoughts. West Ham's fixtures don't look absolutely amazing, so it's probably going to be a case of maybe wait and see, maybe see what happens with West Ham if they if they're able to kind of get get themselves a couple of more points on the board in them tough games. But definitely considering them too over the next few weeks. No return for Antonio or Ben Rama. Oh no, sorry, Ben Rama. I think did get an assist. Uh, but Antonio, once again, uh, didn't get anything of note. So we'll have to make a decision about Antonio in the next couple of weeks. But again, as I'll speak about in the transfer and watch lifts update, it's a case of hold till we know more and really are back to, to a corner where we have to sell him. Um, of course, Salah then got himself an attack and returning, got himself an assist. He was my captain. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold also got two assists on the day. So anyone that had owned Trent 
would probably be very happy even though the clean sheet was wiped out to get two assists uh, is still very good and uh, I don't know if anyone was watching the England game against San Marino I think he got something like four or five assists it was absolutely crazy uh, in that 10-0 win but um, yeah he's definitely I don't have him at the moment I kind of wish I did have him but uh, I'd have to do some serious restructuring uh, to get him back. But if it continues in the same form that he's in at the moment, then uh, I really have to uh, I really have to make a decision and try and get him back. So that is pretty much what happened in game week uh, 11. Uh, we're moving on to game week 12 in the next couple of days. And I just have done a small bit of a watch list update and a couple of transfer plans. So... I'll start with the watch watch list update, obviously. So, Conor Gallagher, first name on the list. Really, really good budget option in midfield at 5.8 million. The man is having a really, really good season. Uh, You know, he's got goals in his locker. We know that. He's got assists in his locker. And he's playing 90 minutes each and every single week. He's a really, he's a really, really good bundle of, of energy in that Crystal Palace midfield. So, I would definitely, you know... The, the, the likes of I have Rafinha on my squad and I have Basuma on my squad I could definitely structure it differently that I could get him in and like I said Palace have really nice fixtures and they're looking really good he's definitely someone I would consider alongside him then at 6.9 million is Wilfred Zaha again I like Zaha more and I don't know I don't know why people might disagree with me and say that Conor Gallagher is a better pick he's in better form but I just feel like Zaha for the longevity of a pick he would be one that I would definitely go with for 6.9 million. I think he was a little bit more expensive last season, but I would definitely look to pick him up. And I actually had him, like, sometimes I like to kind of, you know, mess around with squads, kind of do a little bit of tinkering and kind of see what I can fit in. You know, if I take a minus four, what can I fit in? And Zaha fits very nicely into my uh, plans in midfield because obviously I have a little bit of money because I have Havertz already. I can, you know, swap him out. I can swap Ben Ram out, um, and I can, you know, do something different completely. But I think of the two of Conor Gallagher and Zaha, I would definitely go for Zaha more. But then again, I think it's all just personal preference because the two of them are playing really well this season so far. So they're the first two names on the list. Then Smith Rowe at five point seven million. Look, can argue that he's probably one of the most informed young players at the minute in the Premier League. So. He's made his England debut, he scored a couple of goals, and in the Premier League, he's doing all the right stuff as well. So, again, 5.7 million, it's a really, really good price for someone that you can pick up that's playing every week, that has goals and assists in their locker, and he's proven that over the last uh, the last week or so, and he'd definitely be a welcome addition to any squad. Moving on then to Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva of Manchester City. I haven't owned... Phil Foden yet this season and I would love to. I would definitely love to own him. Bernardo Silva, he is on my watch list but I don't know if I'm ready to own him just yet. He's playing really well. He's a player that I thought would be heading out the exit door at Manchester City. That obviously has him in the case. He stayed. He's fought for his place and he's actually playing really well. Then Phil Foden is just, he's just electric at times. Like, I feel like when he goes big, he goes real big. You know, he gets gets himself anything from 11 to 18 points. And every time it happens, I'm just like, uh, how have I missed out again on a trick, you know, with with with, uh, with Phil Foden? So definitely going to be considering them too. Rafinha, I already have Rafinha in my squad. But again, if you don't have him in your squad and you're looking for someone to tick along 
and kind of get you anything from you know five to nine points a game. That's kind of what Rafinha does. And I seen a tweet over the over the international break uh, towards the back end of uh, game week eleven. Someone said, you know, when will Rafinha actually have a double digit haul? And I actually did a mini thread on Instagram if you want to go and check it out. It's just a very small uh, piece that I uh, kind of wrote down, just my thoughts on that tweet. Yes, he doesn't get double digit hauls. Yes, he's probably not, you know, he doesn't go real, real big and he hasn't done that this season so far. But let's take stock of his situation like he plays in a Leeds team that is at the wrong end of the table we're fighting for points he is the main creative outlet in that Leeds team like I would still be so confident that Leeds will get out of the situation they're in at the moment but I would I would just not I wouldn't disregard Rafinha just because he hasn't hit a 12 pointer 13 pointer you know 16 pointer I just don't think that it's I don't think that it's enough to say that, you know, and I'm not just saying that as a Leeds fan. Obviously, I think he's a very, very good player. Obviously, you know, he's playing at the at probably at the wrong end of the league. But don't let that put you off getting him. And if you have him in your team, don't let, you know, the fact that he hasn't had a real big haul make you sell him. Because I would keep him from a couple of more weeks. Check out the fixtures. They don't actually look that bad. I would just stay the course. Don't do anything drastic and, you know, if you have him, keep him, hold him. Um, so that's Rafinha. Then Antonio, I kind of have a question mark beside Antonio in my transfer watch list uh, update here. And like I said before, he, you know, hasn't really done an awful lot as of late. But, he, but it's a bit like Rafinha, you know, I just don't feel comfortable selling him just yet. You know, so obviously there'll come a time and I know there'll come a time where I'll probably have to sell him, you know, a lot of us bought him for 8 million or, you know, 6 point whatever million. Um, And I think his returns at the start of the season were huge. And now we're just kind of having to make a decision whether we want to keep him for maybe two, three more fixtures, you know, hold out, wait, be patient. Or are we going to use you know, the fact that his, that his selling price has gone up and maybe fund a move for um, a Lukaku if he comes back into that Chelsea team or maybe you want to go for Harry Kane, maybe you want to make money to try and get Son in. Um, but again, I, I've looked at the fixtures. I'm going to keep him for a couple more weeks. But yeah, d- definitely, definitely, I know there's a big decision to be made uh, from a lot of managers about Antonio. Next on the list is uh, Son and Kane. So we all know that Spurs have fantastic fixtures from here on in. They play Leeds this weekend and then they have a really nice run of fixtures after that. So Kane kind of has been, you know, up and down all season, more so down to be honest. Like we've not seen the very best of Harry Kane just yet. We've probably seen a little bit more from Son at the moment and he's provided a lot more from an attacking sense for us. But now, I think, now I know it's only San Marino and it's only Albania. He got a hat-trick against Albania in the uh, World Cup qualifiers and then he scored four against San Marino. I'm not saying that he's just turned into a goal-scoring machine overnight, but all them goals will just do his confidence the world of good. Getting into good positions, finishing chances, all these things that we know Harry Kane is really good at. We will uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely bank and cash in on all these things again. Uh, one of my mates actually in one of my mini leagues actually captained him against Everton last week, and he was really banking on a big return from Harry Kane. 
I have a feeling he was probably just a week too early because uh, maybe now he would go and do the business. And if he does, hey, I'll be the first one to go out there. I'll switch it up. I'll get rid of uh, Vardy, who I have in my squad, and I'll make a little bit of money and get him back if he really starts to catch a little bit of fire. Moving on then to the final name on the watch list. So I probably should have added this guy along with Antonio. So again, I'm looking for a replacement for Ben Rama. So with Ben Rama, they play Wolves this weekend, and West Ham play Wolves, and uh, I have Antonio and Ben Rama. So I feel like the two of them are going to get one more run out this weekend, and then after that, it's going to be a case of, you know, I want to, I want to move Ben Rama on, like like he's the one out of the two of Antonio and Ben Rama. I want to hit, I want to get rid of him, and I want to bring in somebody else, you know. So it's all about how I'm going to fund that move for somebody else that's that's the main the main caveat at the moment i have to figure out how i'm going to do that but like ben rama's not done enough really to justify staying in the squad i don't feel like he's going to be you know a long-term pick for myself like he had again like antonio he's had some fantastic kind of hauls at the beginning of the season but now it's kind of dried up it's gone slow and um yeah i'll be i'll be looking to uh, i'll be looking to change it up in the next couple of weeks so <clears throat> that concludes my watch list update uh there is a few names there that i really want to go and get and then there's a couple of ones that uh probably i'll have to have a think about but uh definitely all them names are ones to consider so moving on to my transfer plans for game week 12 so again it is only tuesday and I've not really made any big decisions as of yet on what I'm going to do towards uh, Friday night or Saturday morning. I'm thinking that I want to make a move for Sun and that I want to get rid of Havertz and Ben Rama to do so. So it's the most logical thing that I can do at this moment in time. That's one option I'm looking at at the moment. I'm happy to keep my strike force of Jimenez, Vardy and Antonio for another week. Because if you look at the fixtures for Jimenez, for Vardy and Antonio, some of his fixtures are okay. Vardy in particular, Leicester are about to go on a little bit of a a little bit of a run of good fixtures. So if you have Vardy, I would keep him for a couple of more weeks and then see where you are. If you're not happy, the man is ten point two or ten point five million. He's an easy player to get rid of. He like there's no there's no real there's no real need to keep him if you don't need to. And yeah, I I would be happy with the, with them three up front. Midfield, Salah plays Arsenal. You know, I'm going to keep him and he's probably going to be captained. Then I have Havertz, Benrama, Basuma and Rafinha in midfield. Uh, so it's probably going to be a case of I'm going to keep Rafinha. Um, happy enough to keep him. But then Havertz and Benrama. Maybe not the two of them, but definitely one of them are going to, are going to miss out. And I don't feel like uh, it's going to be, you know... Haver or Ben Rama, I think I think I think Havertz is definitely going to be the one that's going to leave. Um, and then if I want to take a minus four, Ben Rama is the other one that's going to have to leave because as I've just said, uh, I'll be looking to get rid of him in the next couple of weeks. As far as defenses go, Livermento does have a yellow flag above his name, so keep an eye on that. Aspilicueta, James, Cancelo, and uh, I can't remember who the last defender is but I think uh, Aspilicueta I'm going to hang on to him I know he hasn't started a couple of Premier League games now and I was kind of disappointed uh, when he didn't start against Burnley I thought he really would but I was lucky because Regulon came off the bench 
Um, Regulon, sorry, that's my last defender. Uh, he's I'm happy enough to have him there as well because I've only brought him in. And yeah, look, I mean, I think it's the, the biggest change for me is going to be in midfield. I'm not going to do anything in my strike force. I think it's all right the way it is. And yeah, human son is probably the biggest move I'm looking to do. Zaha, really, really tempted by that as well. I'm really, they played Burnley the weekend. And I know Burnley, you know, had a good win last time out. Uh, well, not against Chelsea, but the week before that against Brentford. And you know, with Cornette and their team now, they look like they have a different attack and dimension. But I just feel like if I want to go for something different, then Zaha is definitely the player to go for. And he's looking really good this season as well. Uh, I've also liked Zaha as a player. Uh, he really does He really does epitomise everything that's good about Crystal Palace. And now that he has Conor Gallagher beside him doing the business as well, Palace just looked like a really, really good option. So... One thing I haven't mentioned so far is how I got on in game week uh, 11. So I'll just briefly touch on that. A score of 64 points with no hits has me in and around the 1 million mark. So again, that is my third or fourth green arrow in a row. And I'm still not in the top, inside the top million or inside the top 900k. And yeah, look, I suppose you'll hear me revert back to the week when Salah went absolutely crazy against uh, Manchester United but uh, that was kind of the uh, that was kind of the thing that kind of put me down the ranks so much so now I'm just looking to recover I did talk about taking a minus four but I think taking a minus four would probably stall my progress I definitely feel that I could hit the top you know 800 700k in the next couple of weeks if I don't take any hits but again it's all fixture dependent it's squad dependent we need to come through with a clean bill of health with regards to injuries after the internationals and all these things kind of tie into each other but at the moment look i'm not ecstatic to be at that kind of place in the overall standings but i'm definitely seeing a better a better movement in the right direction a better trajectory uh, towards the green arrows and moving up the ranks even just a little bit it'll do absolutely fine uh, so just briefly some of the biggest points that i got in my team were cancelo obviously with a 14 pointer Livermento got himself a six pointer james got himself a five or six pointer or was it a seven pointer i think it was reganon got a five pointer uh, then you have in midfield with uh, sarah getting himself 10 rafinha got nine havertz got himself eight uh, then up front, all my strikers got 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. So that's just a brief overview of how my team done. Again, I was happy enough with how the game week went. It was a little bit of a, a mediocre game week for a lot of people. A lot of people kind of just hit in and around the 60-point mark and were kind of content with that. But I think as we go forward now and the international break is over and we can give ourselves a chance to really kick on and attack... The Christmas period with with some with some good planning, you know, good decisions. Obviously, you know, we're not always going to make great decisions each and every single week, but we can do our very best. And just to kind of give, you know, a reflection on you know where I'm going in terms of my team. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm going in the right direction. I feel like with some minor changes and minor tweaks to my squad, I can definitely hit. The top 500k by the end of the year i'd be really confident in that because it, this is a hectic time of year from now we're on the 16th of november at the time of recording this podcast there's so many games over the course of now all the way to 
New Year's and just after like the first of January, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. It's actually my favourite time of the year for fantasy Premier League because you you're forced to you're forced to really, you know, be an FPL manager. Some people like a lot of the FPL casuals out there that, you know, check their teams, you know, now and then, you'll find that they'll drop off. It'll be, you know, a lot of people that don't check their squads and then they miss deadlines. That's where you find your rank will probably shoot up through uh, a lot if you're just staying true, watching your deadlines, making good decisions. When we have a double game week, and we're probably we're probably going to get a double game week, we might even get two. Keeping your chips like your chip, your triple captain and stuff like that, and really, you know, using them as good as we can because I haven't used any of my chips yet. I've only used my first wild card, and I think last season I had already used my my bench boost or my my free no my yeah I think I used my bench boost by this time last year. So that for me is absolutely fine. I'm at a situation now where I'm I'm happy to kind of you know just just keep going the way I'm going. Uh, and anyone out there who is struggling with a bit of rank, don't worry, don't panic. You're about to get lots and lots of games to to rectify that, uh, and I really would not worry. So um, I've pretty much covered everything now. That is game week eleven in a nutshell. Um, I was gonna chat a little bit about how we use FPL Twitter on next week's podcast. So I'm gonna try and start generating a little bit of interest in maybe hot topics. Uh, I put them up on a Monday, so I give people to kind of get their tweets in or whatever. Uh, and yeah, we're going to start doing something a little bit different. So next week, I'm going to kick it off myself. I'm going to start uh, a hot topic, and I'm going to talk about how we use FPL Twitter and how it benefits us and how it can be a hindrance also. Uh, and believe you me, there is definitely pros and cons of using of Twitter when it comes to Fantasy Premier League because uh, it can really conflict your decisions, but it can also give you serious insight into some of the better things that you can do. So if you have any ideas about any hot topics that you might want to have discussed on the pod, maybe you want to come on and discuss them yourself. Maybe you want to send me an audio file or something like that and I can include it on the podcast maybe uh, in the next couple of weeks. I would love to do that. I'd love to hear from people. And uh, yeah, if you think of anything at all, make sure you head on over to at Fantasyland FPL on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm uh, a little bit more active on Instagram over the last while uh, and it's actually pretty fun to use. So make sure you check me out there. And all this I have to say is the very best of luck for Game Week 12. The international break is over. Thank God we're back to business. And uh, hopefully them green arrows are going to keep on coming. So keep an eye on at Fantasyland FPL. Uh, we'll chat to you next week. We'll have a full review of Game Week 12. And we will look ahead to Game Week 13. The very best of luck. And we'll see you next week.